0: We're started off already.
1: We're, ready. We're, we're, all jumping,
0: we're jumping right in. We're going. Here we go. Hey, who won last night? I'm uh, assuming the by a good margin. Yep, I assume right. It
1: was like about they're crazy for the first time in NBA Finals history um, that two players on the same team had a triple double with 30 award points.
0: Dude, that uh, I didn't realize he was a rookie. That was a number zero for the Nuggets. That yep. white dude.
1: The white guy. Uh, What's it? Um, Christian Braun or something. Dude, he he can ball. He's pretty good. Yeah. He's got some bounce, too. Um, but he shoots the rock, too. He shoots the thing.
0: Well, didn't he dunk on somebody last night? Yeah. Okay. He's pretty good, man. Um, he's got them uh, lime green shoes. He,
1: well, the funny thing about him is is he has won a championship in every division. So, high school, all four years. Okay. All, four all four years? Four. Goes to, uh, I think, goes to college, goes to Villanova. Won Villanova. He either won once or twice in Villanova. And then now he's in the pros and... Hopefully, he wins one in the pros. I mean, it's a good
0: shot. I mean... It's a good chance. I mean, but, if I was a betting man, I wouldn't bet on the Heat winning.
1: No. No, I mean... Like I said, I think Denver's... They're, like, years above every other team right now.
0: That's nuts. I didn't I didn't know that <sighs> about that, dude.
1: They, uh, they just surpassed Shaq and Kobe in the finals um, for... Right now, they're averaging, like, nine points more than them. And then, I think they're... They're losing by, like, one rebound, I think. And then, by assists, they're winning by, like... I think it's, like, 12 assists total, like, as an average through games so far. Jesus. Um, they're they're doing some crazy stuff right
0: now. As you can tell, Cal's very much into sports I like my sports. Analysis. I like my sports a little bit. I feel like that's what you do a, a lot. Like, if you're going to listen to anything, it's usually sports related. Probably. More often than not. Yeah. Um, I
1: don't know why, man. I just – I feel like ever since I was little, like, I've always always loved sports. I don't know what it is. Well, man,
0: like, uh, I used to always watch SportsCenter as a kid. dude. But I haven't watched SportsCenter forever.
1: I'm telling you right now. I remember when SportsCenter would be on the TV. And you know, on the left hand side, they had the categories. Mm-hmm, they like go taker. down. You know how they restart? Mm-hmm. But I would restart, and I would just watch it. I'd re-watch it. Over, well, I remember as like
0: I'd be over. probably elementary school. I'd probably watch. Like I'd wake up early. Like I just happen to naturally wake up, you know, mm-hmm. six seven in the morning, and people would still be sleeping. I was old enough to where I could like get up and like go do things my own. So it's probably like late elementary school. And I was sit there for like two or three hours just watching SportsCenter watch Sports on Center. rerun, like knowing exactly what's going to come up next. But.
1: Oh man, I, and I was—I've always been a night owl too, and so like I'm up late ever since I was a little kid. And so mm-hmm. at nighttime, they would literally just keep SportsCenter <clears> on until like 4 a.m. And so I would watch SportsCenter literally just all
0: day over and over and over again.
1: And I, I would hope every time it would come back around, like maybe they'd do something different. Maybe there's a different category on there or something. But
0: well, I think. Because like if you don't know on ESPN they run SportsCenter from like probably about five in the morning to like yeah. about ten in the morning. Pretty so probably similar. for like five hours straight they run the same SportsCenter over and over and over again. And they do like maybe like their eight o'clock one is like they might have like a live one. A live that, feed, yeah. yeah, live feed. Or they maybe cut to like it's an like interview. first take
1: or like Shannon Sharp. Or yeah, like an or interview.
0: interview. Well, I, Shannon, they're Shannon, done. Yeah, they're
1: done. I don't know if you saw that. I or did not. see that. Yeah, that's a big thing right now. Um, is there controversy uh, uh, behind that? Um, what I the what I've heard on it was. That Skip and Shannon just don't vibe.
0: They don't get along. Yeah, they don't get along. That makes for good TV.
1: Of it, great TV. I mean, they. I mean, if, to have a, a successful debate show, I feel like you have to. You
0: have two conflicting you have personalities. To get
1: heads. Like you have to butt heads. Like well, you, you can't can be, just like, be like, like oh buddy like, buddy. Maybe you yeah. had a debate show. Like we're agreeing on everything. Nobody's gonna watch that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you want clicks, and I mean, they sell. They sell clicks. Um, but I think Skip gets a little personal sometimes nice. uh, like so,
0: what so what's the plans for him from here on out like um, I guess the skips gonna stay on the show and let's bring somebody else in well I but. think
1: they said after the NBA finals they're splitting so like as soon as the NBA finals are over I think Shannon goes his own way and then uh, everybody's been reaching out to that Shannon Sharp guy like uh, like Stephen A. Smith reached out to him like, like come on our, like our show, come on to our show like come on do it um, but the only thing is like he goes to Stephen A.'s show he only wants him for one day out the week um because the how Stephen A does first take is he used to have it used to be him and Max Kellerman, um, and mm-hmm. it was every day they would maybe bring a guest on. It's always Kellerman, them two, right? Um, and Max came from a big boxing background, but when they split, now Stephen A brings different people on every day. So every day, he's so, Steve- different
0: people. so Steve, so Stephen makes us like the staple of the show. Yeah, like I mean, it's first. It's his well, show. So JJ Rick's not on there every day.
1: Nope. Oh, nope. I uh, know. JJ's not on there every day. He brings like a, I'm not going to name all the people, but. There's a lot of people that brings on every day. that mm-hmm. everybody has like their different topics. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's okay. why I like first pick because you get every day. It's something different.
0: I mean, he's still probably making Crazy. six, seven figures going Crazy. on once a week on TV. Crazy, buddy, for sure. I like, that's You mean, look at
1: JJ Reddick. I mean, he's about to become a head coach of the NBA. Oh, is he really? You didn't see that? No. Yeah, he got a. So since he's been popping off his podcast and everything, um, the he had an interview with the Raptors. Um, so Toronto Raptors, he had an interview to go coach for them. No shit. I don't know if he's going to take it or not, but he's been, been kind of, contemplating. he's it. like, his podcast is now switching over to like a different, he's not like in it as much anymore. Mm. Like he's still in it, but not as much. And he's bringing other people on. So I think it's good. Discuss- I feel like he's
0: got a good coach's mentality, like demeanor. Yeah,
1: for sure. I think, I think if he were a coach, he'd be a good coach.
0: At least a little bit of that. I'll watch him. I'm not as big a basketball fanatic as you are, but.
1: He's a good coach. I, I feel. Like, I mean, it's not a coach right now, but I feel like he has everything to be a good coach. Yeah. You know I mean, he's gonna have to coach something though. Like you can't just. I don't know if anybody can just come in the first year in the NBA and be successful. Not around right, the Especially not. a player. Um, but you never know. All
0: right. Last thing. I know some of you guys are probably eye rolling on the sports talk, but you got about two or three more minutes here. You be watching the uh, super regionals this weekend for baseball.
1: Uh, a little bit. I watched a little bit of it. Are you gonna watch this weekend? Uh, I don't know. I think what Kentucky plays LSU. Mm-hmm. Uh, we well, you got your, like it's basically a, Sixteen teams left, right? Sixteen. I know that's a big game, um, dude. I watched that TCU game. Smash Arkansas.
0: Smashed. Smashed smash them. They had that one um, dude had like dude, twelve that RBIs. Game, that's the game I watched, yeah. and this
1: one dude had no. Sh- I, I think he had two grand slams and three home runs in that game, mm-hmm. and they scored like twenty some points. Or it was something. ridiculous. Yeah, they smashed crazy. them. Um, I watched that one, and then. um There's one other game I watched. I think I watched... uh, I'm not going to be able to remember it, but I I think I watched one
0: other game. Yeah. Yep. All right, so if we made it this far, if you haven't already clicked off the podcast. uh, you're still here. I know you are. So me and Kale were kind of jamming on a topic yesterday, Mm -hmm. and we kind of meshed on kind of two topics into one, which I think most people... Spark interest in this on a pretty regular basis. It's probably the two things, at least equipment-wise, or like questions about that we get on that round that we get pretty often. And I know we've done like a CrossFit equipment podcast. It's probably been like a year now, but more specifically about these current topics. So, like, which one? I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you the call. Which one okay. are you wanna talk about? So, really, the, the main topic that we're gonna talk about today is. Hand maintenance and care, Mm -hmm. and then also footwear. Footwear. Was kind of the two things we were kind of jamming, which I think would kind of spark some interest anyways. Even though it's not very scientifically, like, talking about, like, way to get better at, you know be better specifically at CrossFit or being more healthy. It's just more... Well, everybody wants to take
1: care of their hands. Nobody yeah. wants to rip. And yeah. everybody also loves shoes. I feel yeah. like there's nobody that doesn't like I'm shoes. I'm guilty. So I know you're guilty of like you... If you look at the locker, Yeah, right, there's a lot of shoes I'm guilty. Um, So I think this would be a good one.
0: So which one are you going to go on first? So oh, go hands. hands. All right. So are we going to go on the grip route or are we going to go with just the hand maintenance route first? Let's start maintenance. Okay, so hand maintenance, right? So out the gate, obviously... Early on when starting CrossFit, obviously, rips are going to be part of, part of the journey I think. The journey to a degree. It's kind of like your battle wounds, yep. so to speak, as you kind of go into it. There's only so much you're going to be able to do. go about doing that uh, because of the fact that you're hanging from the bar as much as you're pulling on barbells that have knurling on them, dumbbells that have knurling on them, things are rotating in your hands. That cast is going to be built up in the palm. Mm-hmm. There's not much you can do there. But you know, at some point in time, like as the cow starts to build, there is a certain maintenance routine that you can go through to help as best as possible prevent ripping of the hands. Okay. So I'll say we'll talk about grips in a second. It's kind of a something that you probably want to invest a little bit of money into, but, and you can talk about if you have like a, a different maintenance thing mm-hmm. you know and for me i've gotten to the point i've been doing it so long i really don't have to do it as much every so often i'll have to kind of come in on the calluses but um so it's like just the hand maintenance and stuff so this way to prevent rips in the first place is kind of the first we'll go yep. with this is also you belt built some calluses you need to maintenance the callus itself not allowing you to get too thick yeah. and too to out be like a
1: mound Mm-hmm. What I kind of like it's really
0: the thickness it. of the of the actual callus and the dryness of the callus. It's probably the two main things. Because of obviously the thicker that callus gets, it's going to create more of a lip on your hand. Which obviously you pulling on things is going to tug on that callus, making it more likely to pull. That's
1: where you see like the actual rip happening.
0: And those are always the worst. Those ones are like a thick callus and they oh, rip. You know, like the ones like it's like right below the base of the finger. That's the ones. That and it's like it'll rip like below that. And then you'll have like that lip of that thick callus goes, there. I
1: remember, like always, I would always rip like the bottom part of the callus, mm-hmm. but it would go all the way into the knuckle, like to where your creases of your finger and your hand. Well, that, well that's what I'm saying. That's is, the worst.
0: So, like, I'll, my, the way mine always usually works, like, not, I don't have as many rips up here, like in the actual callus in the hand anymore. It's usually in the palm, the palm, is usually where I'll get it now if I ever do get them, which is probably like once or twice a year. But like the thick callus on the base of the finger, it, if it's ever done before, it'll rip. You know, maybe like a, a like a half an inch below that, and then like the the main part of the castle, will be like halfway. Yeah. And you have like that thick your lip right there. Lip. Oh man, that's the worst. <laughs> you can yeah, that's that's a tough one. But you want to maintenance the thickness of the castle. Obviously, some of you have having somewhat of a cast is fine, but you want to make sure that you're you using your some mouth. of like pumice stone of yeah. some kind to file those castles down. Usually your best method is to do it like in the shower or like in the bathtub while the castle looks, is. Easy. Yeah, it's like a little bit soft, and that way you don't get that shit everywhere anyways. That, that now pumps. you got to be
1: careful in the shower. You can go crazy.
0: Well, you can't, well, and just be expect like, if you go, like, crazy with it, like, some people get, like, OCD with it and, like, scrub I the still want, but,
1: like, a little callus. Like, no. I'm not shaving it all the way down. Like, I always want just a little bit of callus. Yeah,
0: down. that, because if you shave too much, your hands are going to be super raw the next day. Um, but, obviously, pumping over the callus itself to help file that thing down. And then two, just making sure your hands are staying somewhat... Especially the calciary stuff is somewhat moisturized. So like just... Especially... Right now it's not as bad, but like during the wintertime, obviously your hands can dry out real easy. Just making sure the calcium itself stays. Moisture is less likely to rip as well. Um, now, when it comes to... That's a way of like helping prevent the calcium as the best as possible while hand maintenance. Now, what's your take on... Let's say you do rip. Okay. Like
1: what's my... what your go about that? What's
0: your go-to... So... Maintenancing program.
1: I I feel like I've tried so many different things. Dude, you Um, never... I'm about to bring one up that I highly recommend nobody do. Don't do this. Um, So when I first started CrossFit, I was told the best way to do it was as soon as you rip to go get Gorilla Glue. God. And to put a smidge... Not even a smidge. Like, you had to cover the rip in Gorilla Glue, right? And then as the Gorilla Glue hardened, okay, you had like this... Big, like almost like a piece of glass right on top of your callus, right? But what they don't tell you is, is it does work. Like, I mean, you can do things with it. Well, it makes like a pad, well, like when it dries. That thing has to come off, yeah, right? And so, when that thing comes off, it is connected to the callus that's healing. And so, when it comes off, you're pretty much just ripping a whole new callus right off of your hand. So, you're pretty much going right back to square one every time that happens.
0: The only viable thing, and it saying. burns,
1: it's not even like yes. it's
0: the only viable. Sl- Reason why I would say, okay, that doesn't sound like... In this certain scenario, it would be... Let's say you're inside, like, a competition. Yes. Like, say you're going to Raging. Like, you have and, to hold on to a bar. Well, let's sure. say you're in Raging. Let's three. say you're going to do three workouts that day. And your first workout, you rip right out the gate. You're like, I need to get through these next two workouts. Put that shit on for there, sure. and I'll deal with it afterwards, right?
1: If you're an everyday crossfitter, don't do
0: that. Don't, don't put the... <laughs> don't do that. I remember when they, people started doing that, I'm like, that's... Like, just thinking about it. Like, logically... Put gorilla glue. That like that sounds like a dumbass move.
1: I would do it, and I remember I would do it, and I would put so much on it that I would have to go get the grinder and grind oh it my back down. God. So like I would have a mound, and I'm like, well, that's too much, and so I would have to go over there and grind it down to where it was smooth. Um, I
0: remember at the old box we had a Dremel tool.
1: Yes, that's what it was. A Dremel tool, yeah, was it was like a little Dremel, 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 Dremel tool. Slow.
0: And think about how disgusting that is. I'm sure Jen even did it back in the day. That old Dremel tool that file down your calluses. Oh, I'm like, man. how disgusting is that? Everyone's dead ass skin on Dude. this germal tool. And
1: the funny thing is? Go all
0: over the, 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 the gym and stuff like that. <laughs> People just sit there like on the window, like just sit there like, doing their casting. Dead skin's is fine everywhere. And
1: the one we had at that gym that I was going to, it was, it was corded, so it was a cord one. <laughs> And so it was on the table of the workout table. Like, you walk in, it's right there. And so everybody, where everybody puts their name on the board that they worked oh out is literally right there on the table. And so it's just, like, shavings all over this That's table. so it's gross. So nasty. You really think about it. Uh, no, but I would say, for me, I, I kind of learned, like, there's not really, like, a good way to go about it. But I would always make sure that... I would never cut mine. I don't know if you cut yours.
0: What do you mean? Um, I cut the callus? Like, the actual callus. So, like, you right. had, like, some callus left over? Yeah. Yeah, so I was I was gonna go into that, but so, so
1: there's two things.
0: But let's talk about like like taking care of the rip itself. The rip itself. Let's talk about that first.
1: So one thing, about? as soon as I rip, I would go home, um, and I would take a bath. Okay. So I would. That's take a always bath. The,
0: the first wash is always the
1: first one. wash is the worst. But I found like taking a shower, it just burns the whole time because mm-hmm. there's water, water's getting in it, and then you're taking your hands out the water. So I three two one both hands in the hot water get this. Five seconds, it stings over, and yep. then from there you can wash your hair and do all that mm-hmm. kind of good stuff. Because um, I've definitely been in some situations where I've had, like, Ziploc bags tied to my hands before washing my hair. Um, but no, I would do that for sure. Now, there is one rip that's, we, I call it the bubble. Um, kind of like the blood blister? The blood blister. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would never pop that one. I always let that one kind of dry out, and then once it dried out, you're good to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but then that's kind of my always go-to. I would always throw it in the hot water in the bath. Hold it there until it stops sneaking, and then I was normally good to go.
0: Okay. So, yes, yeah, so like if you actually get the rib itself, like obviously you need to you can clean it out first off. But
1: some people do hydrogen
0: peroxide. Yeah, hydrogen peroxide. I remember like some people used to do the uh was it liquid band-aid? Yeah, oh dude, no. Liquid band-aid too. That, that used to be hurts. back in the day. Um, I think you can just wash it's perfectly fine. But then the biggest thing they're after is providing like some type of ointment to is that it. Yeah, like I got, like I bought this on like on Amazon. It's like probably like ten bucks on Amazon. It's called like Rip Fix, but essentially all this is like lip balm. Mm-hmm. Essentially, is all this stuff is. I
1: would always use uh, the Green Burt's beast.
0: Yeah, you use There's that too. A green like, one yeah, use. or I think, the
1: Handyman's is actually well, the, the best.
0: What's one. I'm saying? Like they even sell like, I got I bought it's it. For I've a seen it. Workers. Yeah, like I've like at Lowe's and Home Depot. I, I need to actually buy it and to see how it would actually work. But like I said, I haven't ripped. Like, I'm, of course, I'm probably gonna say this and yeah, the next week tomorrow. I'm gonna rip. But. Anyways, like they actually have like carpenter hands, like cracking of hands. That's stuff the best like that. stuff. So getting some type of hand ointment, they sell, like you said, they sell, they have like stuff like at Lowe's or Home Depot. You can find stuff on Amazon. Like I said, this thing's called like Rip Fix. Um, it's like, like 10 bucks. I've tried that. Uh, it, all, all that's fine. The biggest thing is providing some type of barrier and moisture over the rip itself. It's still probably going to take a couple of days, mm-hmm. three-ish mm-hmm. days for that shit to finally start to heal. The biggest mistake I always make and like I always see people make as well is that the rip is pretty much healed and then you get the crack. Oh, dude, that is the... The crack is almost worse.
1: The crack is worse because it gets to the point where the rip actually heals. Mm-hmm. But then you get a crack. And the bad thing about the crack is every time you open your hand it or like re- each time you flex mm-hmm. your hand, it just reopens it. Yeah. And so you end up having this crack that bleeds for like two weeks. Yeah. You know?
0: And so don't make that mistake. If you If you get a rip in your hand provide that ointment. Like now you could even probably, it might seem a little like crazy. but I've seen people even do this thing and they claim, I've never done it myself, they claim that it advanced the healing process a little further is like at nighttime. So you put that shit on your hand mm-hmm. and naturally you're going to have your hand going around the sheet and you're going kind to rub some of that shit off. Is put like a glove over your hand, okay. like a you know, a little latex just glove. Just to keep the moisture. Just to keep the moisture on there to, to allow the healing. So you're, you're going to go in the bed for six, eight hours at a time. So a lot of that moisture actually settle in, put it like a, a latex glove in your hand, that should also help out with the healing process as well. But then as the, the, the rip is actually healing, just don't throw your hand, like, all right, it's done. Like you need to keep that ointment on there for a couple days afterwards just to make sure you're keeping it moisturized. Because a lot of times what'll happen is you'll do a workout, let's say it's got pull-ups in there, and your, your rip's pretty much healed. And you'll put like chalk on your hands, so you'll get right. some chalk in it, and then you go do pull-ups like that, and then you don't go wash your hands afterwards, and then that shit dries out the cracks. Yeah. So, make sure that, you know, when you got, especially if you're using chalk in general, you need to probably be washing your hands afterwards. Is it isn't gonna dry out your hands, making it more likely that you might rip in the future? Uh, but make sure if you do have the rip that you clean that rip out, like wash your hands afterwards, and then apply that appointment on there. Um, now, like you kind of said, like you have that initial rip, and let's say maybe it's not like a full rip uh-huh. where you still can have like some of that castle so kind of hanging yeah. on. Like, do you leave it or do you pull it?
1: Man, I would always leave it because eventually yeah. what's going to happen is that lip's going to die. I always felt like it, it kind of like died off. See, in
0: my experience is if I left it, you had that lip. And you might be okay for a little while, but then no matter what, that lip was going to eventually rip well, it away. Well,
1: this is the thing. And so like eventually like I would let it, the lip go until I could move it up, right? So like because it would always like stay pretty firm and then eventually it dies off I felt like. And then once it dies, that's when I would snip it.
0: Like with the fingernail
1: clippers Yeah, the fingernail clippers. Um, and then once that, once that happened, mm-hmm. you were good to go. So it's not a bad option. Uh, but some people, I know like Sydney, if she had like a lip on her hand, yeah. there's no way that she could leave that lip there without no. eating it or like like pulling it off. So, so I'm like, the same way. Like I yeah. can't
0: just leave the lip there. <clears throat> I have to get that shit out. So a lot of times if I'm ripping, even though it hurts like a son of a bitch, I'm just going to pull it off right there. Oh. Now, and Kaylee told me this from like when she taught gymnastics.
1: So I see I people. See I, for, she does not gymnastics.
0: So, a time ago. and I still see people do it the wrong way. If you get a rip, okay, and you have like that hanging skin, don't pull away. Away. Ugh. Don't pull away. You're going to pull more skin. Pull towards, towards you.
1: You just gave me the heaps.
0: So, more often than not, the rip is always going to be. For instance, like you're going to have the, the rip and it's going to be, the skin is going to, if you pull up, it's going to go towards your fingertips. Yeah, don't
1: pull it off like a band-aid.
0: Pull it down towards your wrist. Yeah. Like don't pull it up because you're going to pull more skin every single time. Don't do that. I've seen somebody do that before, man. Oh man, it makes <sighs> me cringe. All right, so I would suggest if you can, just try to get that shit out of the way, get it all ripped off. That way you can start the healing process immediately because at least in my experience, if I've ripped before, and I had like a little lip or a little bit of stuff hanging and so I kind of, uh, kind of left it alone, like I'll just deal with this and then leave the other part as be, that eventually, all right, we're back, phone call. We're rolling. But, um, but I, I would rip again a couple weeks later just because I left that ex, like that excess that callus there. So I was like, I'm going to get it all the way, start the healing process now and deal with the uncomfortability of it for a couple of days and then be good to go. <laughs>
1: you know what's funny? I've never seen a guy rip and just pull the callus off, but I see so many girls do it. I if
0: it's because of gymnastics. I don't. Know, Kaylee told me that about gymnastics, and I started doing it ever since then. Because uh, early on in the days, I would just try to leave it, mm-hmm. and that's when I would run into more issues down the road. Uh, and then when it comes to like a, like a blood blister, I usually don't mess with blood blisters a whole lot. Um, if I form one on my hand, I'll usually just leave it in naturally. We don't have to end up popping it. Pop yeah. And then a lot of that skin is just dead underneath, and you end up having to have to deal with really like a like a. Uh, an actual rip itself. Because right. if you end up popping it, like, say so you pop the blood blister and then you pull the skin off, then you do have to rip the yeah, there. Yeah. Usually, if you just kind of leave it there for a couple days or happen to pop on its own, you just leave that dead skin over it, it'll usually stay fine say, and thing. heal on its own. So I usually don't mess with those too much. Um, and then, obviously, on top of that, with all this hand-maintenance that we're talking about or ripping the protocol afterwards is having some type of hand protection in general in your workouts obviously goes a long way so which i think most people in the gym do have obviously yeah, but
1: i think some people take it too far
0: for the hand protection yeah what do you mean by that
1: um like some people i feel like some people wear grips for everything for every movement yeah and i think i don't know if it's i think it honestly hurts you in some things wearing grips
0: well it's kind of one of those things you know, where
1: rope climbs with grips and I'm like, what? I'm like what are we doing here right now here we're here, what and they swear about it like I they like that's the only way they can hold on with rope and I'm like there's no way there's no way right now you're using grips but whatever
0: okay right. so if you're using it solely as like maybe like a rope burn protocol maybe yeah. I could maybe say okay that makes sense a little bit but if we're using it as like a Grip aid? It that makes any no sense way. at all. No,
1: yeah. um, or like when people do it on like power cleans or like snatches, like barbell mm-hmm. snatches. I just don't see. I can't see it helping you.
0: So the only movement that I've ever used grips on them, like okay, that's definitely an aid, which I think you can cross. It's deadless. and cross yeah. it's like you can't wear them because it mean, is an aid.
1: That's a cheap. That's a cheap coat.
0: Well, because essentially what a grip does. I mean, obviously it helps protect your hand, but it's, it's it, really but it has but it has evolved over the years. Yeah. So. To backtrack for a second so when i started doing crossfit grips were not really a thing at the time so you had the only things you really had in a way of hand protection were like some really shitty like those gray leathery looking grips that yeah. were just like were like straight down like, like, a straight they had like two grip. holes yep. they were super thick or shitty real cheap velcro i don't remember really a whole lot of people were using those because this didn't work very well and the tape grips the you tape can make. Gr- I had gonna,
1: a conversation the other day in a class about the tape grips. About tape grips? About Man, tape l- grips. I
0: love me some tape grips. you like them. those? Back in the day, that's all I, ma- all I used. Really? Yeah. I made them myself.
1: That's funny because like, I remember when everybody found out how to make them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Everybody's making those dang things. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't know how to make them, you were getting your buddy to make them.
0: I, I love them. And then they started selling those. Uh, what are they called? called?
1: Uh, Wad grips. What they call them? Was
0: it- the ones that are like the nicer tape ones yeah. but essentially it was just tape grips um those definitely went out of business that was a bad business they did after about it well I mean everybody well, does still, uh, still
1: see i still see i think they come in like the wad boxes or like the the crossfit boxes mm-hmm. that you can get monthly subscribe to yeah do they still, still have those things yeah people still come in with like the it's like a almost looks like a letter um and it says w o d grips and it's like a yellow and gray uh outside material
0: hmm i don't want to see it but yeah, we used to make our own tape grips and that was solely just for hand protection. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason why I liked them is because the tape was relatively thin. Yeah. So you could still feel like you're holding on to the bar. Um, anything thick at the time with my hand, it felt like it was making the, even though it was protecting my hand, it would make the, my grip weaker just because it felt like I, was, I could barely hold on. The bar felt more slippy, slippery. The bar felt thicker on my hand. Uh, so that was what I liked at the time, and then also eventually I moved to like Jaws. I was about to say Jaws
1: was like the next wave.
0: Yeah, and Kaylee still likes Jaws. Kaylee still
1: wears the damn Jaws. Jaws. With this man.
0: Every
1: time she brings them out, I'm like, yeah, we need to get you some grips. <laughs> and so,
0: and then probably somewhere in that 2016ish area, you start seeing people like start making like good grips. Yeah. And so the protocol is with the grip itself. Yes, I'll see you spread your hand, but when you're hanging from a bar, it's helping. Aid your grip because you're having a lip form on the grip which pulls at the wrist, making your grip or making it less intensive on your grip. That's, it's the same concept with a deadlift because that bar is getting hanging from your hands and that. Grip is pulling at your wrist, and you're not actually having to physically squeeze the bar anymore. Well, that's that's helps the best aid. Thing
1: about the grip. It's like it takes all that pressure off your forearms, and it puts it all like on the I
0: guarantee you yesterday, if i had done that toe-to-bar row workout mm-hmm. without grips on...
1: No way you're going to break.
0: Hell no. My grip would have blown up so much sooner. Oh,
1: God, man. I They are they are cheat code.
0: <laughs> to a degree, they are. Like, me and Leland talked
1: about it the other day, and we were like imagine never getting grips like imagine crossfit never comes out with grips. like all the numbers that people do like are coming down i
0: Mm -hmm. imagine oh for sure they said hey you gotta eliminate grips all together you're you're talking about the people the amount of bombing people are doing pull-ups with bar muscle ups total bars all that comes down and so it it helps aid your grip itself to where you're more often not your grip is not the limiting factor to the movement which in some cases is a good thing like you want that Right? When somebody's going on to a pull-up bar, bar muscle-up, or toe bar, I would prefer it being more, either more like an engine issue or a pulling issue and not a grip issue. grip issue. Sometimes that might not be the case, but like there are certain movements like a rope climb yeah. or a farmer's carry. That taxes your grip. That's kind of the... Some of the purpose is to tax the grip itself. And so... There are some movements where I'm like, I don't know if I agree using grips on those movements as like an aid to that because you're kind of taking out a big portion of that movement to a degree because that movement is for that particular protocol. Now, when it comes to people using grips on the ropes, I don't understand how that would aid them whatsoever. I'm
1: telling you, the only time that I always- Because you're not,
0: like the grip has nothing to actually like hang on. You're just making the rope thicker. Well
1: that, but like also like, imagine going up or down if you have your fingers in the grip, right? If my hand's going up the rope you're gonna like catch the side of your grip which is gonna fold yeah. me, right and i don't i just can't see that being safe
0: i mean the only thing i can think of is like maybe the grip itself can stay more dry and, and have more chalk on it that do that it's not it's
1: not yeah. guys that wear the grips on the that's
0: grip. the only reason why i could say that could maybe be the case like maybe that the actual grip stays dry and has more chalky maybe and that beginning can help aid in the grip is the only caveat i can see there but
1: also it just but. makes the rope thicker
0: I'm so saying, I don't I, like I, don't, I said, I don't
1: know about
0: that one, but and I'll say there's a shitload of different brands out there when it comes to grips. I know you like the Bear Complex ones, yeah, a lot. Uh, probably but the most popular gems, Victory, Victory is
1: probably the most popular.
0: Um, which they they hold up very well for the most part. There's not many of them seem to really like break. Well, I, I
1: always tell people this like, if you want a grip for comfort, Bear Complex is probably way more comfortable. Mm-hmm. I see, um, I've never dealt with the Bear Complex personally, and I only say that because Bear Complex is has like that added like a cushion for your wrist. Mm -hmm. And since that grip is pulling on the wrist right there, instead of digging into like the, almost like the thumb bone, Mm -hmm. or like where your thumb and wrist meet, um, like where a lot of Victory Grip people kind of where it pulls right there. uh, Bear Complex is, it just sits there. It doesn't pull, it doesn't dig into your skin because of the cushion. Uh, And also I just, but I will say this, Bear Complex, every Bear Complex I've ever owned, they've lasted like, four months oh, five nice. months well, I was about to say right? I feel like the bear complex uh, don't hold up as well and they rip and they literally rip off at the wrist mm-hmm. um, and so I will say they don't last as long um, but the, for comfort reason I always like
0: them yeah the Victor grips hold up the well, longest yeah. it seems yeah. the only issue is like I said the old if we are so I guess we need to backtrack just for a second if you're using a grip properly if you want say you get the finger holes in the grip mm-hmm. when you go to you want to kind of a longer grip to where you kind of create more of a lip on that grip almost like a dowel for you to rest on or if you go with like the fingerless grips you kind of put your hand way on top of the bar where that bar is basically on the middle of your palm allowing that grip to then get snug and pull at your wrist essentially what you're trying to create with your grip if you're just kind of putting your hands on the bar grabbing like you would normally the grip is probably not going to feel that comfortable it's just going to feel like it's like a thicker like bar essentially a more slippery bar sometimes and so but yeah, with the victory grip is sometimes if you jump like a little too high and you get a little bit too close on the lower portion of your palm, that grip can like really snuggle, like making it super uncomfortable yeah. on your wrist. I've had it drop a couple of times on so my like, shit. Especially if you have
1: like a like an older pair of victory grips. Mm-hmm. Like I know some people only use leather grips, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and those leather grips get tough. Like they get super tough, especially after sweating in them a lot. Yeah. Um and so they get pretty stale and that's when you start to see it really pulling into like the yeah. hands and like the skins and stuff. Yeah. Um,
0: and usually especially with those other grips they take a couple sessions to get broken in
1: well that's another thing too is like make sure if you are buying like grips like to know like your first like i would say like week to two weeks in them they're not going to feel that great yeah um, they always feel a little slick and then once you kind of get them accustomed and to kind of get them rocking rolling that's when you start to actually feel the benefits of a grip yeah
0: and then uh here recently i bought those element 26 grips i was about to ask you, I was about to ask you about yeah that. so far i really enjoy them uh <clears throat> That's the only other pair I've had other than the Victory in a while. Um, they're, if so if you guys go on Amazon, they're probably like 35 bucks for mm-hmm. this particular pair. They have like a white pair and like a black pair. Um, the one has like some loops in the backs of the grip and one is kind of a fingerless grip or the white pair. And so far I've really enjoyed them. They're pretty good quality for it. Like, because most of those grips we talk talking about, Bear Complex Victory grips. Those are like $60, $70 pair yeah. of grips. These were like 35 on Amazon and they're pretty dang good, I'd have to say so well, far. Well, so like...
1: Just from, like, I put them on my wrist that one day that they came in and, like, looking at them, like, mm-hmm. I think they are, I think I would like them just simply because, like, I like the bear complex grips because of the pad on the wrist, wrist yeah. right? Um, and I feel like Element, the Element grips have even more pad than, like, a mm-hmm. bear complex, so I could probably see them being super comfortable. It also, like, probably eat up sweat, too. Like yeah. Like, I'm sure it eats up sweat as you're sweating, so it's not getting in your hands as much. Which victory grips don't have. Uh, victory grips don't have that. Um, so that's another benefit of why I like the padding right there because it mm-hmm. eats a little bit of the sweat up. And uh, if you don't wear sweatbands, it's, it just kind of helps you out a little.
0: Yeah. bit. Yeah. And so that Element Twenty Six grip is for the price, it's really good. It has the the cushion on the band, and the actual grip itself is very similar to like was it like the which ones that have like the Stealth ones or yeah. something like that? The ones that are like kind of like the, the, the rubber on the feel outside. Ribbier, though. They, do. they almost
1: feel like a rubber, like a rubber. Yeah. Um, outside. Have you part. and
0: then Stephen also bought the black pair. Yeah. And that's almost like a, almost like a, like almost like a rubber material to a degree. I, I'm telling you,
1: the Element grips feel like it's a different, different yeah. material.
0: So I think for most people, like if you're looking to get a new pair of grips, it might not be a bad option, especially for the price point.
1: I think like for somebody buying like a first pair of grips, just getting across it, it's probably a really good option.
0: Mm-hmm. It's As a, relatively a, it's a relative cheap pair, and it seems it's to be to pretty 60 now. Bucks. How long they'll last for? That's yet to be seen. That's still a judgment out to be to kind of determine that. But even so, like. Even if they last three or four months, that's still, and I have to buy another pair. That's about the same long length of time the victory grips are going to last yeah. me for. Because even with my victory grips, a lot of times the grip itself will be fine, but the damn velcro on those grips will end up wearing off to where if I'm in the middle of doing like a bar muscle up or a pull up, that I'm shit will just here. completely just rip off and basically renders the whole entire grip useless. I've had
1: that happen to me before. Yeah, like velcro giving out like a bar muscle up or something.
0: Yeah, and so there's a lot of different versions on the market on when it comes to grips. Here and Waddies two.
1: I have a pair of waddies. Waddies, oh I no! Watties, and I remember looking back, I'm like, "You were that guy, man. You, you were, were that guy." guy. Um, but I, I, swore by him, man. Like, because
0: um, they were a wrist wrap. Well, that's why I, I
1: used them. I was like, I didn't have to wear wrist wraps, and so yeah, I, I would just wear those wrist wraps. And then I would never even put them in my fingers, though. I would, I would always like just flip them over. Yeah. Um, but oh man, I remember those waddies. You know what else I had? Um That I don't even know why I wore them because i ripped more wearing these things than anything was the wadi for the thumb
0: oh yeah like that was like, like, like tape stuff like yeah
1: tape but it reason? wasn't tape. yeah it's like a um,
0: yeah a little mesh thing yeah it was
1: a little mesh thing you just stick stick on your It's supposed to have up your hook grip yeah so instead of like taping it you just put this little thing on there mm-hmm. um but i ripped way more using that did you really i never used it than even not wearing one really i um, feel like you'd
0: lose them very easy Oh, so dude, small
1: I, they would come in like a pack of three and I'd lose them in like a month sometimes um, they're so small but some people like Justin Shaw he wears them still still? Um, he still likes them uh, but he doesn't use tape he uses those things I still I used them um, but man I always remember like doing power snatchers or something I would rip my thumb really wide right there hmm. um, so I never liked those
0: alright so is anything we missed on the hand protection stuff? I think we got the hands alright so we're gonna, we're getting pretty decently far into a podcast yeah I think we're, probably like 30 minutes in yeah all right, so switching gears to footwear, which I know we talked a little bit about shoes before in the past. And, and shoes are and kind of with like grips can be a little subjective as to, you know. What fits best for you. What fits best for you and what you like. I mean, obviously, that's with any shoe, not really, just particularly a CrossFit shoe. And so, um, obviously, there's a lot more brands out there than when I first started.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because, like, when I first started, I think – Really, the, brand the unofficial CrossFit shoe that wasn't really a CrossFit shoe at the time was Innovate oh really that was like the first kind of like most crossers were wearing like, was yeah. Innovate and that was like the old school like lower profile innovates. <laughs> and then and thinking about
1: that makes me realize like how much farther you started CrossFit or how much before you started CrossFit than me yeah and then
0: <laughs> about that same year that I started this when Reebok came with the scene came with the mm-hmm. Nano 1 I literally had the first pair of Nano you had the first had Nano 1's yes
1: my first pair of Nano's was with the uh, the 5's
0: the 5's Okay yeah those are those are shitty i hate those nanos, are not really good but i wore those fives and- we're gonna try again I would, put, <laughs> I would put this on airplane mode but it freaking i can't report the co- podcast unless i have internet connection oh dang and so but anyways you wore the show those nanos oh dude i
1: wore those nano fives literally until they had so normally when i have to buy new shoes it's because my big toe You're poking f- a hole through it pokes a hole through the top mm-hmm. um and so i had the biggest hole in the the shoe of both feet but also I wore them to the point to where the side of my shoe like they started ripping at the sole oh
0: shit um,
1: and as soon as that happened I was like hey, dude I need to get my
0: shoes <laughs> so you're, I mean at this point in time you're looking at probably what 10 plus brands of crosser mm-hmm. shoes now at this point in time uh, I mean probably the more popular brand still still a brand I don't feel like as many people wear Nikes here no as much no you see a lot of Nikes like, Nike you ever go like or, Texas really that's more popular like, you go like there. Houston or something Dude, everybody's wearing micons. Nike micons, yeah. Uh, I mean, Noble is obviously pretty popular right now. That's like, yeah, probably like three to five good brands, those right. are your three most popular ones as of currently. Um, and there's other ones out there that they don't have as big of a market on there, but I mean, two
1: that kind of like coming up on the scene right now. What you want, Rad, like rad, tier. rad,
0: and Tear, Rad, and Tear, yeah, Tear,
1: Tear's kind of getting more popular. Um, and everybody that seems to be wearing the tears really like them, okay. Um a lot I feel like a lot of the girls are starting to wear the tears now yeah uh, and then everybody that I've ever heard wearing rats like love
0: them. well who else has them besides Jacob uh,
1: Jake has them Holden wears them okay um, Holden loves them
0: the only bad thing about them is that they sell out so quick well
1: dude I've been trying to order a pair of rads for I don't
0: know how long so they do it they do it like a limited order right they're yeah. like hey we're dropping this certain shoe colorway because the same shoes at a different colorway yep. kind of like mm-hmm. Noble used to do and they just sell out like you, you have to literally,
1: like, stay up to like, midnight. Yeah.
0: Put them in. Yeah. Uh, That's kind of how Noble used to be back in the day. Yeah. So, that would be interesting how they hold up long-term. But, um, really, I mean, I think probably, in my opinion, because somebody will always ask me, especially when they're new, like, hey, what cross shoe do you recommend? The one I always still re- re- resort to to this day is still the Nano, probably. Yeah. Just because of the fact that, like, it's a, it's a pretty good show. I don't have, like, I, don't, I haven't seen people have any issues with them getting torn up. Mm-hmm. Like, not anymore. Like I'll say back, and they're, they're kind of still new to the scene, so they tore it more. And they last a
1: long time.
0: They'll last a while, mm-hmm. and you can find them for a pretty good price. But a lot of times they'll throw like they'll have like these sales all the time. You can get one for like you get seventy-five like bucks. Seven bucks. Yeah, like especially maybe like the new ones coming out, you can get like that the older version even like cheaper always than that. Cheaper. And so they always have really good deals on them, and it's a good shoe where it's like a good compromise between like a running shoe and a lifting shoe, mm-hmm. which is what most crossfit shoes are trying to do I, like, I
1: think now that like everybody's newer version of their crossfit shoe is like more of like a runner like even the nano it has like the float ride technology yeah like, like a running shoe and, and i haven't crossfit
0: shoes yeah and i haven't tried the new nano that just came out a couple of months ago but a lot of people feel like it's more of a running shoe mm-hmm. than it's more like a lifter shoe and in which we even talked about i sent you a post so like one person you can go follow on instagram this guy's called as many reviews as possible yeah and he does a, sh- I mean, anything and everything out there. He'll,
1: he showed me him. And yeah,
0: he'll, he really a YouTube channel more so, but he also has an Instagram. But I sent you this pair. And if anybody's looking in for like, hey, I'm looking for like a running shoe that I can kind of use here. He posted about these. No, nobody here has these, I have nope. not seen these in person. But they're, what they call, Sacconi. what? So
1: they're called the Sacconi Freedom Cross
0: Sport. Freedom Cross Sport. Yep. So I think they're about 150 bucks, which is about...
1: That's about like any So monitor, most good quality
0: Running shoes can yeah. be about 150 bucks um, But supposedly These are pretty good Running shoes That aren't too bad For lifting in Now I know Kale said he might Buy them I know Jennifer Said she might buy them But if anybody's In the market for a shoe You're more than <laughs> to well give it a shot And experiment with it It's not a bad looking shoe Now they're now Kel said the one that he posted is like a white and black and gray color. That's
1: the best color.
0: It's the best colorway. The other ones he said were kind of like off the wall mm-hmm. colors, which some people might like. It's just, some
1: of y'all like those weird colors. <laughs> some of y'all do, and and I'll let y'all rock them. But to me, this white and black is probably my best bet.
0: So you can go look those up, or if you guys haven't listened to the podcast and need us to send you the link to it, we can also send you the link to it. But um, I think that's kind of where a lot of people are now. Their interest is kind of starting to fall into is hey, I, I need a comfortable, like, shoe. Like, I, I want a shoe that like I could wear around, like, if I want to wear it to work, I could, or if I'm just, like, walking around the town, I could, or I just want to go running, I can. And most CrossFit shoes aren't gonna foot that bill. Yeah. Because with a shoe, the hard part about a CrossFit shoe is that, essentially, from the middle of the foot back, needs to be somewhat rigid to lift in. So do you want a stable heel. So you need a stable heel to lift, back squat, do Olympic lifts, but you need a flexible forefoot so you can jump and run it, yeah. right? And also provide enough cushioning there. And also the drop is also going to be extremely matter of the yeah. shoe, like how much you know, lifts in there. All these factors are, are kind of at play. And every CrossFit shoe company has kind of like their own little tweak to that. Like one's maybe a little bit more runner, yeah. one's a little Some's bit like more- more st- like rope climbing. More stiff, yeah. you know, and also, yeah, the same thing with a CrossFit shoe in general is you need a shoe that you, like these Cicconi's you're not going to rope climb. No, now
1: that's one thing. If you buy these Cicconi's like, you're not gonna rope climb. Do not rope it. They look like, like a broke.
0: You're right? gonna you're gonna need an actual CrossFit shoe to actually rope climb. So anytime we do rope climbs, don't wear your freaking running shoes because it's gonna get torn up. I saw somebody last week wear their brand new
1: pair of Lululemon. Oh no! Like
0: shoes, and I'm like, oh man, I felt so bad. Yeah, <laughs> that's not. I've ever had some Nike Freeze on. Oh, back in the day, and I, foam. It's a, and I did a rope climb, and literally the whole foam at the moment oh, was no gone. Man. And so, uh, but. Anyways, it's, it's really just by preference. It's, you know, some people love the Nike's and look the Reebok. Like I said, I think Reebok's probably the, your cheapest, best over option to start off with. And you know, always you've got more description of come, you can branch off with different brands, see which ones you like, and eventually fall in one that you like. Um, but obviously I do think you need to invest in some type of good shoe in general. I think most people eventually transfer over to some type of cross the shoe at some point in time. Um, now, I know we talked about this yesterday. I don't know if you want to go on the topic of the shoe that I wear. Which one do you? Like the Vivo foot? Yeah, the Vivos. I always
1: thought about the Vivos. Um, and you seem to, like, really like them, too. And Sydney really loves them. I mean, the I've
0: been wearing those. them for a couple of years now. Uh, probably, like, two years at least. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the reason – and, like, so some people will kind of look at, like, that's an ugly-ass shoe. Which, it's not – and I'll agree to a degree, like, obviously, it's not the most stylish shoe. Yeah, like, but to be honest, Olympics. like, I think
1: out of all of the shoes like that mm-hmm. – Vivo look the
0: best. In that particular category. Yeah. Right. If you think of, like, a, a Minimus barefoot shoe, I think, in my opinion, the the Vivo is probably the best looking out of all of them. Now, they are going to be pricey. They are pricey. Um, you're looking at probably 150 to 170 bucks for these shoes. But,
1: like, how, explain why you think that's worth it.
0: Okay. I so, I kind of got down this rabbit hole a couple of years ago. Um, and... I don't know how exactly we're because I was kind of thinking about this earlier. I kind of had, a want to talk about this, but, so essentially, you know, obviously ancestors wise never didn't really have like, they had like foot protection, but they didn't have shoes as we see it as now, like a big cloud cushiony shoe. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea is when you wear a cushiony shoe that has a lot of padding and stuff like that, you're, you're essentially creating a cast around your shoe making the foot itself very weak. Because of the fact that it's not feeling the surface underneath it, it doesn't allow the the toes to splay open and actually feel a grip with the ground. So essentially you're making a weaker foot because of your shoes, which is a weaker foundation to you obviously in general, which it, from there is a, a downward stream effect, right? So weaker feet can lead to other issues down the road, with bad knees or hips or lower back. And also it can lead to bunions and collapsed arches which is a problem that I have because growing up my mom was a real big advocate of always having shoes on Mm -hmm. and because of that naturally I've created bunions on my toes and collapsed arches from the footwear that I had as a kid Um, because with a tighter toe box of the shoe it squishes your feet in and your feet are moldable basically and so ends up happening because yeah, those toes get pushed in and crammed in that's how bunions form right or and then because of that bunion getting formed think of it like a tripod right so now you're kicking that or pushing that toeward in putting more pressure on the arch of the foot which then collapses the arch which then puts pressure on the inward knee right and yeah which then has a problem with your hips and your lower back which i think is a lot of my problem as to what i had knee issues because of my foot your feet in general yes because i have that bunion on my foot which then collapsed my arch which then standing or jumping or running you're putting more pressure on the the medial side the inner portion of the knee which makes sense right and so that's why it's extremely important especially like we're trying to do a better job with our kids which kaylee grew up always barefoot right the best option is to be barefoot as much as you can which is obviously not a realistic situation all the time but which i still struggle with because for me it's almost like a mentality thing like having my shoes off is like more like a relaxation thing uh-huh. and like having shoes on is more like hey i'm getting shit done and so i still struggle with like wanting to be barefoot it's just not something naturally that want i want to do, to do. um so we we try to make sure the kids try to be as barefoot as much as they can when they're at the house to allow their feet to be like slayed open and and feel the grass and stuff like that uh, but also the fact like when you're Jumping or walking around, having that foot to actually or the toes to actually slay open and push from the ground will right. actually strengthen the foot. And that's why a lot of times they say when you wear these barefoot shoes at first, you can feel like your foot sore from wearing them, right? Um, and some people will actually, you know, some people will say like, oh, you know, my knees hurt or my hips hurt. Um, that's why I had to have a big cushion shoe. Uh, and my argument to that to a degree, at least, at least in my uh, like now when I, I feel like when I wear like more of a cushion, my knees have actually hurt a little bit worse. Um, but the, the reasoning for that is because of the fact that you have a weaker foot and it's not allowed, it's not allowing to grip and strengthen the ground like it should. Your, your knees and your hips are having to stabilize you more because your foot not doing that work like okay. it should. It's kind of the essential of what you're trying to do. So when you're looking for a a shoe, the idea behind it is that the shoes should be able to be moldable. It's going move in any direction. You can put it into a ball and it has a big toe box allowing the toes to actually spread, spread out. out. So think of it like if you were to put a, like a, you know, a cast around your hand, it'd be really hard for you to like grab things and pick up things with mm-hmm. a cast around your hand. It's the same concept with your foot or even like, for instance, like even putting like socks on your feet, like regular socks, you know, it's kind of like you're putting a rubber band around your fingers right and then trying to like grab stuff all day like, like that right yeah. that'd be a lot tougher like so that's kind of degrees like well like might even like invest over like toe socks to allow your toes to actually splay open and toe and get, socks like, Toe socks.
1: you wear toe
0: socks i have toe socks on right now are you
1: serious yes you show this right now. i have
0: toe socks on at the moment
1: let me see this shit. and you like those they're comfortable
0: i don't mind them. you don't mind them, I don't mind them Did they
1: take you like time to get used to that
0: no, like once I had them on, I mean, I didn't notice a big difference. I know, like Lacey said, that she was kind of weirded out at first by them. Um, it was just, they're more maybe a more pain in the ass to get on at first cause yeah. you have know, to like it, it, each individual toe inside the place of it all. But I mean, I don't. I
1: didn't even know that was a thing. What toe socks? Never. No. I, you're blowing my mind right now. You know
0: about toe socks? Nope. Come on, man.
1: Nope, never.
0: So, that was an investment that, you know, I mean, you can find some of really the cheap ones. i so have some cheap ones as well. These are a, a little bit better quality, like thicker socks that mm-hmm. actually won't get torn up. Um, but it's kind of the central concept of having a toe sock will allow the the, the, toe, the toes actually slay open, like, naturally inside a big toe box shoe as well. Because, like I said, if you put, like, a normal sock on, that sock's still going to kind of compress the toes together. It's not going to really allow the toes mm-hmm. to spread. It's going to kind of push them in, like a rubber band around your fingers. And so... Or like a way that I like to think about is like, if having a big cushion shoe is like putting a blindfold on your shoe, on, on your foot and wearing a bare, a minnow shoe takes that blindfold off and allows the foot to actually be strengthened from the floor up. So, and that's when people are like, oh, that's not ugly shoe. I'm like, I understand it's not the most glorious shoe to look at, but it serves a purpose. Yeah, It's really more the idea behind it. I think it. like it helps with ankle mobility
1: and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I- and Or like, not even ankle, I guess ankle strengthening.
0: Oh, do you remember even back in the day, I don't know how much you got into this kind of stuff, I remember even like watching training videos when I was like in high school, like speed agility work, like how some trainers would make their players go out in the grass and do it barefoot. Barefoot? And talking about like shrinking the foot, stuff like That's that. Pretty cool. And so that was their way of doing it. Now, they weren't talking about wearing minimum shoes. they were talking about just doing agility work like barefoot, barefoot in foot. the grass to, to help out with that stuff. And so there's a lot of research showing the benefits of doing all these different things being more barefoot and, like, having those shoes as being only beneficial for yourself. And then also using, like, toe spreaders and, stuff like and
1: things that.
0: like that help, um, you know. Do you do the,
1: um, what is it called, the the rock mat?
0: No, I haven't done anything like no, that. You done that yet? Yeah, I mean, I think essentially...
1: You, like, you, do, you do the toe stuff, right? The toe mm-hmm. spacers and yeah. stuff like that? Um, and so I wondered if you were doing the rock mat, too.
0: No, I think the general principle of that would be, you know, so the idea as well is, like, being more barefoot. So you can... Your foot more uh, use of different uneven surfaces, mm-hmm. right? So when you're walking like a rock, man, or just technically rocks in general, they image, I, you know, do you ever you have know, like that weird ass guy in college or High School who was always running around barefoot? Oh, yeah. And they would run dude, everywhere. And, like, dude, wouldn't bother? Them. I grew
1: up in Big Lake, like everybody. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but like, you have people who literally would run, like, run on rocks. Like, oh, would,
1: I would see my friend, like, literally run across rocks, and I'm like, Trying not to scream exactly. walking on rocks. Yes,
0: yeah. and so, in which that's kind of a proven theory. Like, I have an experience myself, but if you have a strong enough foot and, like, a mobile foot, like they say, essentially, you should almost feel like a massage walking across mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. That seems like like a stretch, mm-hmm. but because the, the fascia is like that is is so— you have a, a mobile foot that's able to mold around things, not such a stiff-ass foot— yeah. It's like, it's like, okay, from a, makes sense. It's, that's the idea behind it. Like, that's the general thought process of it. Like I said, I haven't gotten that far to experience it myself, but they say, like, the more mobile your foot is and the stronger your foot is, like, walking on any surface shouldn't really be a big deal anymore, hmm. is the idea. And, like, when walking around in the people barefoot, like, if I'm walking through, like, a driveway or, like, a gravel area, it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like the, the gravel's not really, it's kind of like, it's just rolls like, spruce in, like, a certain area, like, yeah. not, like, you step on a fucking rock, mm-hmm. that hurts like a bitch, yeah. still. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, I'm still still a work in progress for me, but that's the reasoning behind like the the, the barefoot style of shoe. Now, like I said, the the few of barefoot has been like I've seen a couple of people now have them in the gym and whatnot. That's probably the most I think it's a trendy st- shoe, stylish trendy looking shoe. Yeah. Um, they have a definitely uh, they probably have a shitload of brands out there that you can find. Yeah, I think like one uh, of the brands like uh, Zero. Like the zero shoe, I think Kyle had a pair like that. Those aren't too too bad. They're not my favorite, no. but and they're relatively cheap. I think there's around like a hundred bucks. I, so. I think even like Shaw and Kylie got like. They wear like a different brand. They
1: yeah, I don't like know what brand it is. They that. got theirs off. I think Amazon.
0: Yeah. And so those are probably relatively cheap. But the Field is way more pricey. It's just, in my opinion, a better looking shoe. And they have some ugly ass barefoot shoes. They do some have some really, ugly shoes. Some really ugly shoes. Uh, and they
1: don't just sell like normal walk around shoes. They sell like Hiking shoes and like all kinds of stuff. Yeah. yeah, they said like a ship. They're big, they're big into like the hiking mm-hmm. and like getting outside. Yeah, they got like an like outdoor
0: hiking stuff. version. They have like actual like stylish, like, hey, like, uh, like wear like what dress outfit like or dress pants. pants yeah, yeah, like dress pants shoes. Like, like something to look like a leather looking shoe. And they have like their workout shoe line.
1: I'll be honest though, like some of the Vivo colors, like I don't mind, like I don't mind the orange one that like you have. Mm-hmm. I don't mind, um, the Knit Pro, I think they're called. Mm-hmm. The Knit Pros look pretty good. Yeah. Um, I think you and Kaylee even got the, uh, what's like the, the Navy one. It was like, almost like a, like a material, like a different material. Uh, I don't know if Kaylee got those <laughs> or not, to be honest. I don't, I can't remember or not, but I like those two. They they have some cool colors. Yeah. I, I give them a They got
0: that. some, they definitely got some awful colorways, but, um, they got some
1: ugly ones too though. Mm-hmm,
0: they got some ugly <laughs> ones, just like, the, just like the rest of them. But that, that's the reasoning behind, behind the shoe itself. And so, um, if it's something you're looking to kind of go down, you're more than welcome to ask me questions or, you know, get you a pair yourself and see how you enjoy it. I've, I've really enjoyed mine. Like, I also ever so often still wear, like, a running shoe just to kind of wear it around just to, mm-hmm. just to do it. But more often than not, if I'm walking around the house or doing things, I usually have these shoes on. Now, I wouldn't say they're the best, like... They're not a bad training shoe. I've worked out in them plenty of times. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I've even mean, road climbed I mean, them. You can actually rock climb the view of shoes, yeah. too. Um, they're really good for, like, deadlifting, especially... You
1: should you should make a tier list real quick. A what? A tier list. What do you mean tier list? Top three shoes.
0: Like in my opinion? Yeah, in your opinion. Doesn't like have
1: that... to be crossfit. Just top three shoes. If you had to have three pairs of shoes.
0: Like for the rest of my life? Yeah. Each. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I would say I'll see. I like my Vivo shoes, so just a pair of those. Uh, probably. I mean, I would have like a pure running shoe. Mm-hmm. Like I like I know some people run their v like that. I'm not a big fan of that just yet. I'm not at that point in time. Uh, but some of a running shoe. I've always gone to like that Reebok float ride shoe. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a good running shoe. That's a pretty cheap shoe. Yeah. Like it's probably about a hundred bucks and like Kaylee didn't get that teacher discount. So they can get it for like 50, 60 50 bucks. And so I've always liked that shoe. It's a super comfortable shoe for me and I get it relatively cheap and they last a long time. Uh, so probably the Float Ride shoe and then if it came to like an actual cross of shoe I'd probably go with something with Nano I've been wearing those Innovates yeah. the past couple of weeks I like those two but I mean if I had to go to like hey you had like the pick one like one brand or something like that I'd probably go with that the Reebok, Flo- or, like Reebok Nano I think it's solid so solid. and you're a big where you, you still have your Metcons right?
1: Uh, I still wear my Metcons you but gonna make them I'm switch starting it? to realize like I only like certain Metcons because mm-hmm. um, I think Metcon does a bad job of making their shoe too heavy
0: well, that was my critique that that's I had that's my like, biggest critique I have. because Trey one time had bought a pair and I put them on and they were, felt like blocky yeah and I didn't really I was like I don't know if I like and them. so that's
1: why if you see me lately I've been wearing my older like white pair yeah um because those are super light like they okay. feel super light and so I love those um so I like my cons um personally but eventually
0: you're gonna try to, I assume eventually you're gonna try to get a pair of rads aren't I you I do
1: I really want a pair of I think right now I would really like a pair of rads um
0: but, but you haven't worn those yourself yet. So. Yeah, for sure. Um,
1: but I would say right now, if I had to go tier, I would say I'm a Metcon guy by heart. So I like my Metcons from mm-hmm. CrossFit. I'm a Hoka guy through and thin you're baby. Old. Hey, um,
0: hot, I would say Hoka's have probably been, they're the new on clouds coming up. Hey,
1: all I'm saying is, is I started a dang wave with this you stuff. You right? did. You did. I gave you a lot of shit for a long, long time. Hoka gang. Okay. Um, so I'm going to say Hoka's for my running shoes. I just actually bought a new pair of Hoka's. Okay. Um, and so I like my hocus. Um, and then I would say, like, all around shoe. I'm a sandal dude. I gotta have some sort
0: of sandal. See, I don't. My feet are too fucking ugly for really? sandals. Really? Oh, dude, I gotta
1: have some sandals, man. I love me some sandals. I wish I
0: could pull them off. I'm not a sandal guy. I used to be, like, back in high school. Remember, like, when reefs were really popular at the time? Yeah, reefs. I wore some reefs back in the day. Uh, but. My feet are too fucking ugly to pull off <laughs> sandals, so I can't do it.
1: Um, I got to have especially in the summertime, man. We well, have like big right fish. We
0: like being outside go fishing and whatnot. But
1: I like to fish and do that kind of stuff, and so yeah. I always like to have my own Yeah, that's, good.
0: that's a good option for – I mean, more sandals in general, like I'll see, is probably good in the way, like, at least on your toes to spread open and whatnot. Have you
1: seen those cane footwear? The what? Cane sportswear shoes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a more cushioned – like, it actually looks like a shoe, um, but it's like a Croc-style shoe so it's got like your kind of like your float rod bottom right like yeah. Reebok bottom but then it's got like more of like a a shaped shoe look to the croc portion mm-hmm. and it's like it's big in like a, like NFL NBA like all those guys that wear. I
0: have to see it show to me after this Um, real quick and then we'll we'll sign off I guess I I don't know what the movie was called Um, I think it was a movie made like in the 90s maybe uh, I can see the guy's face I haven't ever seen the movie I saw I like, guess a write up about this um, but essentially the, the movie plot was it was like in the future mm-hmm. and how like everybody was a dumbass because of like technology and stuff like that and everybody was an idiot and in the movie itself they put these people in these shoes thinking like these shoes are so fucking ridiculous they're never gonna take off like it was like a funny thing yeah. like, and in the, vid- in the movie or Crocs because the people who, like, they literally brought, like, bring me some of the ridiculous shoe that, you know, because the point of the, of the the show is, like, people are retarded and dumb and, yeah. you know, dumbasses because of technology and, like, not intelligent And they're, like, you know, they brought this shoe, they're, like, this is a shoe company like, that came out with this shoe, like, this thing's ridiculous, like, this thing's not going to take off, we'll put everybody in the shoe. And now it's, like,
1: biggest brand in America. <laughs> well, then, like, when I was
0: in high school, like, Crocs were really popular in high yeah. school. And then it kind of, like, died off. And then, like, the, probably the past, like, couple years, it's going it like like it back, back up again. Yeah. yeah. So it things out, I get, it always goes that way. Like something will be in style and then it'll go out of style and come back and in style.
1: it comes back like with like a vengeance. Do you remember potato shoes? Potato shoes?
0: We called them potato shoes. I don't know what the actual name of them were. What is that? It was, uh, this was like middle school for me. It was that damn brown shoe. It kind of almost looked like a, a Birkenstock. But, okay. and it had like a, there's an opening, kind of like a slipper. And it had like a, this is like a brown, it looked, it was called, it looked like potato. It's like almost like a suede top to it with like a little uh, cork bottom.
1: I don't have no. I've oh seen those. man, I
0: have to see if I can Google it. I don't know if that's actually that's probably not what they're called. We just call it the potato shoes. Potato shoes. shoes? That's kind of cool. But but anyways, that's our take on uh, the shoes and hand care stuff. Hope you guys got a little entertainment out of this, and we'll talk to you guys next time. See ya.